0: everyone, how's it going? Welcome back to the Infatuation Podcast. Thanks so much for tuning in.
1: Alright, and you all know whose voice that is. Helping us out on this episode is our old pal, Super Producer Madison. <laughs> What's up, Maddie, besides coughing?
0: <laughs> <coughs> I know. Uh, today we're talking about college.
1: Sounds good. Sounds like something you might have a little interest in, maybe?
0: Maybe just a little bit.
1: Are you... Uh, Have you even started your personal statements yet?
0: Not my personal statement.
1: In your head, at least?
0: (laughs) Yeah, a little bit in my head. The PIQs for UCs, yes. And my activities and filling out all the basic info. But my big essay is... On the way. Gotta work on that. Coming
1: soon. Coming soon. Uh, On a scale of 1 to 10, how stressed out are you?
0: Hmm. Honestly, I would say only maybe... Six. Oh, okay i'm chilling i started uh like researching and stuff during the summer so i honestly feel like i had a head start
1: yeah and it's what end of september right now not even october yet so for ucs and whatnot you've got at least another month and a half two month.
0: months yeah. yeah and then for private schools till january 1st
1: yeah all right. Well, we're rooting for you. I I hope you're putting this somewhere on your application that you are the producer on the Infatuation podcast.
0: Don't worry. It's 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 at the top of my activities. So, okay. all right.
1: Hopefully, we have a listener out there that works for one of these colleges that you're applying for, and they'll say, "Oh, are are you? Wait, are you really the producer on the Infatuation podcast? That'd be cool."
0: Yeah. <laughs> I am I'm real guys I do put in a lot of work when I can yeah.
1: so well, we're hoping we're gonna get a little more work out of you
0: <laughs> I know I haven't done I haven't done audio editing in a while on this podcast but
1: yeah I'm getting some I'm getting some okay. lined up are you are you down to do some editing
0: yeah for sure All right. Just let me know in advance. Yeah. Also, preferably not two hours long, because you know that I do really like to...
1: Get into it, yeah. Yeah. You know what? People, honestly, people have been asking for just a one year, because it's been over a year now. People have been asking, saying, when are you going to do like just an episode where you just talk about the podcast, where you've come from, things that you like. So maybe you and I should just sit down on a call and just talk about the podcast
0: people want that Uh, a few (laughs) that's enough
1: i mean they want to know they kind of want to know what we've learned and you Mm -hmm. know what we think of how we're doing and stuff like that so
0: yeah maybe well for sure
1: okay all right well uh maybe we should introduce our guest okay And our special guest for today is Elton Lynn. Elton started as an educational consultant uh, about twelve years ago. And around that time, he and his wife Sarah also started a company called Ellie Funday, which produced textiles that were ethically produced in India where they paid fair wages and they really cared for their workers. In fact, you would you would fly to India and hang out over there for a little while, right, Elton?
2: Yeah, we were doing like at least annual trips once or twice a year for the last like 10 years, up until maybe the pandemic.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And so he took that entrepreneurial experience as well as his educational consulting days and he combined them to start his own company called Illumin Education. It's headquartered in Silicon Valley right here in the Bay Area. Illumin is ranked in the top 30 of educational consulting firms in the country, He's also a diehard Warriors fan, and not a not a bandwagon fan like from the last five or six years. No, Elton goes back to the uh, Run TMC days. Maybe a little Latrell Sprewell. Maybe a little Andres Biedrens. So you know, you know, you're hardcore when you have a Von Cummings jersey in your closet. So we may talk a little Warriors later and lose the entire audience. But uh, he also happens to be a friend of mine that I've known for almost 30 years. But uh, yeah, please welcome to
2: the pod, Elton Lynn. What's up, Easy E? What's up, Curtis? Good to see you, man. And 30 years, long time. Yeah, we're we're wearing it a little bit. Babes,
1: Maddie, we used to have black hair.
0: That's so hard to believe. <laughs> it's so
1: hard to believe I know. Shocking. Yeah, we used to be we used to be young and cool. What do you think? I was just thinking of this on the way home. What do you think 20 year old Elton would say if he saw you today?
2: I don't know if he would he would recognize me. I mean, it's like yeah. like there's no way he would have foresaw what right, was coming.. Right. And um, I mean, I still like the Warriors. Yeah. I still like watch tennis. But otherwise, I'm not sure if anything would have would have made sense. Not at all.
1: Yeah, I think I think so too. Like, I think the younger self would say, you know, like what what have you been doing, or like how did you get here? It's kind of hard to connect the dots sometimes.
2: No, for sure. No, yeah, I, I I definitely none of what we're doing now is in was in the plan.
1: Was in the plan. Yeah, absolutely. I was gonna
2: be a nice Asian engineer, <laughs> but you know you know how that works. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you're yeah. going to
1: be an engineer working and, you know, just taking a salary and sitting on your couch and watching TV at night.
2: <laughs> Seriously? Doesn't that sound great?
1: It sounds, it's the dream. It's the Asian dream, <laughs> <I know>. man. <laughs> what happened to us? It's my parents' dream. Yeah.
2: That dream, that dream disintegrated yeah, a after while back. about two years.
1: Yeah.
2: <laughs> uh, where are you calling from today? You're in San Jose? I'm in my office in Santa Clara, but I live in San Jose, so I'm South Bay. And uh, right down the street, sort of from you. Yeah, yeah. What's your uh, what's your favorite thing about the South Bay? I don't know. I, I'm I'm thinking about moving. Yeah. I'm, I'm kind of tired <laughs> of the area. Yeah, yeah. What what I what I don't like is I don't like paying double for every meal that I'm right <laughs> that i that I'm eating out right now.
1: Yeah. Did you get Did you get up to 110 degrees last week or uh, two weeks ago?
2: I it was. Um. So it was like 100 something, like a week plus. And I was in Houston this last five days and it was like 95 degrees and 90% humidity. (laughs) So it was um, like, what am I, you know, what? What, what is going on?
1: Yeah, you're, yeah, you're questioning yeah. all your life choices now.
2: <laughs> I know, I know. This is a therapy session, right, Curtis? I, I don't know what you had me on for. But this is it. We're, I need some advice. We're working things through, yes. Yeah.
0: To <laughs> me too, so it's a mutual.
1: No, Maddie's like, what are these old guys talking about? <laughs> <laughs>
2: Seriously. All right, let's, well, let's talk about Andres Beatrix. <laughs> uh,
1: yeah, well, if we definitely want to get rid of the audience, that's the way we do it. We talk about Andres Beatrice. <laughs> And then I have it on good authority that you went to the most prestigious school in America,
2: University of California at Davis. Oh, yeah. Indeed, the most prestigious school in America. No no question.
0: I'm assuming that's where you guys became besties. Is that right?
1: A little bit. Yeah. We hung out more after college, actually. But we Uh, met. I was just
2: an admirer of Curtis in in college.
1: (laughs) My height and my stature were (laughs) what impressed him most. Well... What brought you to Davis? Was it kind
2: of were you like me, where it's kind of like, well, yeah. I mean, I went to a summer program at UC Davis after, um, like after eleventh grade, and it was like, like I loved it. It was great. I was in the dorms in Tercero. I don't uh-huh. know why anybody would actually like it, but it was it was fantastic. I had a great experience and wanted to go to UC Davis. And when I applied, I applied in as, a, as an engineering major, and I got rejected. And so, I sent in an appeal Uh and they sent me back another letter that said I was rejected. I got rejected (laughs) twice (laughs) to UC Davis. (laughs) And then I was admitted to UC Irvine, submitted in my deposit to go to UC Irvine and then like May 10th, I get this letter from UC Davis that says, you still want to come, we got space. And uh, and I opted to go to UC Davis. So I had this like I've been rejected twice to the college that I ended up going to.
1: Yeah, yeah. And, uh, All right, man. Yeah, crazy stuff. <laughs> did you? So it sounds like you kind of knew what you were doing when you were applying to college. I was pretty clueless. I don't. I don't know. Were you? Were you more informed than I was when you were applying to school? Sounds like you were.
2: No, I definitely did not know what I was doing. I mean, I. I mean, I really was only doing whatever my friends were doing, and so they yeah. applied into. The UC system, a few CSUs, and, and that's about it. And I just assumed that that was all you needed. I didn't consider any kind of private schools. Right, and right. now that I'm like a college expert, whatever, you know, um, yeah. I mean, there's so many so many schools that would right. have been super interesting that I would have loved to explore but never got the opportunity, never thought about it, didn't know I had the option.
1: Yeah, I agree and with so, that. Um, I, yeah. I just did the UCs because <laughs> that's what everyone did. And, Maddie, yeah. you got to understand, there was no internet to there was no youtube there was Mm -hmm. no uh internet to do research so we did it was all word of mouth it was like
0: what about books
1: yeah books and magazines
0: magazines
1: but yeah i mean they had they They went to the library yeah they had you know top 50 schools or top 100 schools and you'd read about them but yeah it was it was a different world so we just kind of i just kind of went on word of mouth what other people were doing is what i did yeah Mm -hmm. Um, Was
0: going, was like the college you went to as big of a deal as it is now? Because I feel like it's, at the the start of freshman year, everyone is like preparing to go to college, worrying about grades and stuff. Was it like that before? Or is there more pressure to go to a better college like now? Yeah, I think it's
2: definitely, I mean, I, because we work. I mean, we work with a good number of students every year and I'm very sort of in tune with what's happening on campus and, and, and the culture. It's definitely more pressure now than it was when yeah. we were applying. There's no question. Yeah. I mean Yeah. I mean, I think we were aware of getting good grades and joining clubs just to build your resume, a little bit of that. But um but no, students are stressed now. It's really it really yeah. feels like it's the pinnacle of your identity, which Exactly sh- it, Yeah, shouldn't be, but yeah, but it is what it is. Like that's how it is.
1: Yeah, Uh like I I felt I think most of us all felt like we're gonna get into a UC, like at least a UC, (laughs) or a handful at least. But now, I don't know, I think it's hard. I think it's hard even to get into some schools that, you know, we would consider fallback schools back in the day. But now I think it's competitive up and down the state, I think.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Seems like people shape their whole high school experience. On going to college and preparing for it, which is crazy. Like signing up for clubs, sports is only because it looks good on college.
1: Yeah, yeah,
2: it is. It is a different world, that's for sure. No question. Yeah.
1: So let's talk a little Illumin Education. That's spelled I L U M I N Education. Uh, can you give me
2: the thirty second elevator pitch for what Illumin can offer students like Maddie? Absolutely. I mean. What we do is that we provide college admissions counseling to students who are preparing to be, um, preparing to apply into top universities in the United States and helping students, um, find more confidence and clarity in the process and help them reach their college goals. And, um, yeah, in the end, it's about helping students find the right fit school and helping them be the best that they can be. So,
1: so Maddie is a senior, so it's a little, I don't want to say late, but what, what age typically do people come to you for help?
2: Yeah, I would say like 40%. So let me give you maybe some context. We work with about like uh, about 300 students a year. Uh, I would wow. say 40% of our students come in as seniors. Oh, really? Okay. And the other 60% come in at any point in the ninth through 11th grade journey. So I would say the majority of the remaining 60% come in like maybe middle of 10th grade. And so it's like, you know, when you have enough time to, you know, work on building something in preparation for that senior year.
1: So, so if Maddie walked in today on uh, what are we, September twenty seventh, twenty twenty two, would you say or would you say, come <laughs> in,
2: come in, young, young lady, we'll help you out. Yeah, no way. I would love to work with Maddie. No, no questions. So come on in. Let's uh, let's see what we can do. So. All right, all right,
0: perfect.
1: So, uh, are you uh, are you one hundred percent in person now? Or are you still doing
2: Zoom? Yeah. So when we obviously, yeah, before the pandemic, we were like 90% in person. Uh, our staff was primarily here in the Bay Area. And then since the pandemic, we've been hiring people from all, all over the United States and the world. Oh, wow. uh, we even have a counselor who's based in Mexico, somebody who's based in Amsterdam. So we have like 14 counselors, maybe around 20 to 25 essay support people who work with our seniors on their essays throughout the season. And uh, so we have a we have a I mean a good sized team, and um, and uh, but we've remained primarily remote. Okay. So
1: And and you're doing like weekly check ins, or how often would a client meet with you? Like, let's say they're a junior in high school, how often would you meet with a counselor?
2: Yeah, if you're in ninth through eleventh grade, everything revolves around a once a month coaching meeting. So if Maddie were in ninth grade, we'd come in and we'd. Uh, do a once-a-month session, and we just check in, check in on how she's doing. Maybe at this stage in ninth grade, we're saying, hey, Maddie, maybe there's going to be a club fair coming. Perhaps you can get involved in four or five clubs, see what's a good fit, and let's talk about it at the next meeting. So there's a sort of ongoing academic-slash-life coaching experience that she's going through. And uh, it revolves around a once-a-month coaching meeting all the way until we get to the senior year. And once you get to the senior year, then uh, we meet as often as is necessary. Oh wow! So if if uh, Maddie needs like every week to check in on the <laughs> on that personal statement that she hasn't started, <laughs> mm-hmm. then uh, then that might be what's most helpful for her, and uh, and we get writing and we get going. Yeah, I
1: is- see. Is there a twenty four hour hotline so that you can talk kids, you know, <laughs> off of the, off of the ledge a little bit, or or what what, what sorts of emergency services do you guys
2: provide? I mean, no, I mean we, I mean here is the thing, just maybe a, maybe a way to analogize the uh, the services that like imagine if your high school counselor was like just for you, like you probably see your high school counselor you're, like on average in the United States. Students spend no more than one hour with their high school counselor and then no more than 20 minutes talking about college So if you can imagine like a high school counselor that's spending like 50 hours a year talking about just your college preparation. Yeah, that's Mm -hmm. that's the experience.
1: Yeah. Yeah, yeah Definitely worth it.
0: Is it like anyone can do it anywhere or it's just kids in San Jose or wherever you're based?
2: Yeah, no, we have students from all over the world. And so, I would say still 80% is is Bay Area. Mm-hmm. And most of that is South Bay, which is I would say San Mateo down to San Jose to Fremont, Pleasanton up through the East Bay. But um yeah, I worked with a student who was applying in from from uh, the UK. We have students from China and India. Um we get students from from all over. Um I'm we're also we're currently working on a software platform called Comet that guides students through the college app process, and we're getting students from all over the world: Pakistan, um, Congo, Nigeria, um, all throughout India, um, and from from all over. So it's um so so it's been uh yeah we get that, students from everywhere.
0: That's awesome.
1: Yeah, that's pretty. In in a way, the the pandemic maybe opened people's eyes a little bit to the power of virtual yeah you know, communication for and sure meeting. for sure yeah let, let's talk can i can i toot a little of your stats here a little bit uh, according to your website you have three times the national admit rate for ivy league and other top 15 universities over 90 percent of your clients are admitted to top 25 universities for those who applied and 99 percent of your clients are admitted to top 100 universities so that's pretty cool
2: man yeah, I'll, I'll I'll readily admit that 99 percent the top 100 is not not that difficult so, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'll be thousand I'll percent honest with that but I am proud of the 3x yeah I'm, like our if Stanford is a 4.2 or around a 4.2 national admin rate our internal admin rate is around 15 percent wow. and so uh, so we're seeing uh, at least on average a uh, three times, Our internal admit rate is around is at least three times the national admit rate for top fifteen schools.
1: Uh, Nice. Um, So you've been doing this for uh, what? How many years you've been doing this? You've been doing this.
2: Yeah, almost twelve years. Yeah, it's kind of insane. Yeah
1: have you Have you seen things change a whole lot in the last twelve years? Um,
2: I mean, generally speaking, I don't I don't think that. Much has changed in the sense of, like, the process and even how students are reviewed or assessed. Uh, but I think there are different things that are changing um, as it relates to, like, how schools are admitting students. Like, I think more and more schools are admitting a higher percentage of their freshman class on early decision yeah. or early rounds in general. And so, it changes the strategy of how students should look at which deadlines they should be applying to. Yeah. Um, you know, there's no... Um, SAT, ACT right now. So there's some of those things that are adjusting the strategy, but colleges are still looking for the same things in students, for sure. Mm
1: -hmm. All right. So we've talked about your services, but now we're going to ask you to give away the farm for free. We're gonna, is it okay if we talk a little college admission
2: for the next uh, 20 minutes or so? Man, bring it. Whatever, whatever you got, let's do it. All right, let's do it. So, so Whatever Matty wants.
1: Yeah. So listeners out there, you're getting a little taste of what you might get from Illumin Education. Uh, we're going to give you the free 99 version of it uh, on the Infatuation Podcast. So let's talk a little pregame for college. What age do you think the average kid is? Should start prepping for college admission.
2: Preschool, kindergarten. <laughs> You'd be surprised how many like parents of sixth and seventh graders we get requesting information about uh, our services. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. I think everyone needs to you know like chill out a little bit, Just relax, little. <laughs> enjoy yeah. enjoy your sixth grade. Let's let's put it that way. Mm-hmm. I I don't think ninth graders should be obsessive about college admissions. Uh, I do think it's. You know, to have you know some thought about what classes you take, um, and uh, and what you get involved in, I think is still good. So I think even when we're working with ninth graders, uh, we're not we're not over obsessive with what type of activities or anything that they're getting involved in, but try to just stimulate students' curiosity and just have them explore things and really help them understand themselves better. And I think that that's really the most important thing. And um, so. You know, starting to think about it in ninth grade is not a bad thing.
1: Are there certain things that a kid could, could do that that colleges might notice a little bit more?
2: The first thing is always grades and classes. So no matter what it is, um, taking a challenging course load, which might translate to taking AP and honors classes, um, is a good thing. And so you don't want to, like, uh, here's the thing. You always try to balance it off with you want to take the hardest load you can while maintaining as close to straight A's as you can. So you don't want to take, like, six APs and get Bs and Cs. Uh, you don't want to take no APs and get all As and, like, you know, and, and only do 30 minutes of homework per night. So you want to find that that in-between and uh, and just demonstrate to colleges that you can handle a college-level workload and be ready to go once you arrive.
1: Yeah, sounds good. You did that, Maddie, right? You didn't take too many last year. I
0: think so. I'm I'm taking more this year, though. So, but it hasn't been too bad. I'm fine. And I actually enjoy it. So, yeah.
2: What time do you normally go to sleep, Maddie?
0: Actually, not late at all. Probably like 11.
1: Isn't that pretty good? Pretty reasonable. Pretty reasonable. Yeah. Were you starting to think about college? Early? Like now, you want to go to a specialized school. Though we should say, Elton uh, Madison is a musician and a songwriter, and is is an audiophile geek, and she likes audio things and producing, and so she's looking to do a program where she can kind of get into sound production and
0: music technology.
1: Music technology, NYU,
2: yeah, uh-huh. yep. Yeah. Cl- Clive Davis uh, program, is that correct? Yes, no, I know. I, yeah. I just,
0: I have I have my certificate on the floor from the online program I did. But anyways, yeah, what was I going to say? Oh, you were asking me if I thought about college when I was young, right? Yeah.
1: Well, well, yeah, so when did you start thinking about college?
0: Oh, one of my biggest regrets as a kid is thinking about college too early. Uh, Obviously, I haven't been admitted to college yet. But starting from like sixth grade, I thought that my grades would matter. I thought... Everything I did would matter, including extracurriculars and whatever. So, I don't know. I just wish I let myself be a kid more instead of focusing on school because it really didn't matter in the end. (laughs) Definitely good, like, trying things out and exploring, you know what I mean? But crying over not getting straight A's in sixth grade, that's too much. Like, I wish I just hung out with my friends after school and did what I liked.
2: Yeah. So you were thinking about college in sixth grade.
0: Oh yeah, I feel like honestly that felt like the norm.
2: Wow. What what prompted you to do so?
0: Probably my parents and just people around me. It's always college, college. What can you do to stand out and make college affordable? Things like that. That's why I asked you. I was interested to know how our view of college has changed because growing up it seemed like such it still seems like such a big deal. So, yeah, definitely like adults around me. Hmm. And also my peers, everyone, I don't know, just the the competitive nature of school puts more pressure on me to be like, oh, I need to, I need to work hard and stand out and do things like them, you know?
1: Yeah, Hmm. you hear it in the hallways, you know, you'll hear kids buzzing about it.
0: Exactly. Pretty early
1: on. Crying
0: over getting a B in A.P. bio because they're not going to get into a good college. (laughs) Like, you see it all the time.
2: Yeah. Social media doesn't help it.
0: Oh, yeah, for sure.
2: Yeah.
1: And you know what I I say all the time in class uh, um, is that, you know, honestly, at the undergrad level, I mean, a school like Stanford is pretty special and and Harvard. You know, there's networking uh, things that happen in certain schools more than others. But overall, you know, calculus and biology and English 101 will be pretty much the same almost anywhere you take it. And, of course, reputation matters to a certain extent, but employers really just want to know what can you do, not where did you go to school. And so we put such a weight on colleges, and I think sometimes, like Elton said, people need to chill out a little bit. You're going to be, you know... If you're hardworking and you can learn things and you're a problem solver, someone will hire you, you know, almost anywhere. No,
0: that's so true. I mean, I feel like I can't really speak because I'm only 17, but (laughs) I just feel like people should just trust their paths. Like, you don't have to go to an Ivy League to have a successful life. Community college is fine. Like, if that's where you end up, then that's where you end up. If you don't want to end up going there, you can always transfer. So, people do need to chill out. It's fine. (laughs)
2: I love the community college path. Actually, yeah, and, exactly. Um, I actually have a I have a student and and you know like you know a, a bit of a story, but I had a student who barely graduated from high school. I remember working with him. He came in as a senior and um, had a had a hard time focusing, and like barely got like a two point one to graduate from high school. Ended up going to De Anza um, and just blossomed that De Anza. Just mm-hmm. like in, in a, in a few months, grew up really quickly, got straight A's, um, participated in the political science club, uh, international relations, and then ended up applying to Berkeley and LA and was admitted to both. And then and ended up going to UCLA, but he found his way through community college. Yeah. And so I think it's a super great path right now. And, oh, yeah.
0: Uh, For sure. That's amazing. See, it's never too late to start or try. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. And it's basically college half price. (laughs) You only pay for two years, basically. It's amazing.
2: (laughs) Mm -hmm. I want to give you this. This is this is this is the free 99 tip for for families out there on like community college. Right now from the pandemic, there's a huge like um, like a huge dip in community college attendance, yeah, yeah. which also means that there's going to be a huge dip in transfer applicants going into the UC system, uh-huh. which also means that the admit rate for transfer applicants is going to go sky high. Yeah. So if you're in community college and applying to transfer over the next couple of years, you're going to be in good shape.
1: Well, why, did City college, why did junior college's uh, admissions go down?
2: It's because I think the um, a lot of the students who um, were aiming towards like the uh, aiming towards community college in the pandemic they got lost in the shuffle. Like I think they got lost in like um, like like shutdowns and everything, and just did not have sort of like perhaps the motivation or the guidance on kind of getting back into the swing of things with with college. I think those people who were like like going to Harvard um sort of like, hey, I'm going to Harvard, I'm still gonna go, and we're gonna make it we're gonna make it happen. That's with most students who are going to four years, but for students who are going into into two years, um, they kind of got lost, lost in the lost in the chaos of the pandemic. Huh. And so hmm. some some community college went down by fifty percent. So Oh man, that's interesting.
1: Okay, so we've talked we've talked a little bit about grades. We all know what grades are, right? <laughs> you gotta get good grades. Uh test scores Are they a little bit of a relic? Are they a little obsolete?
2: Um, Not really. And this is is where schools are going, have gone test optional for most of the pandemic. But MIT recently went test required for next year's class. And so there is a trend to where um colleges are opting to reinsert back testing into the entire admissions process in order to help them sort of vet the pool more yeah. more effectively yeah. and so um so no unfortunately
0: why did they remove the Testing requirement, anyways? Was it because people missed out on it because of the pandemic or were just shifting towards, I guess, being more, I don't know, focused more on like personal statement and extracurriculars? Like, I guess my question is, is it going to come back or is it a permanent thing?
2: Yeah. So the answer to your question is like, uh, is yes and yes, which is like there's already a movement towards um, using other assessments to understand a student's background. So they're trying to veering away towards testing. For some schools, so the UC was already veering away towards testing, um, and in large part they went test optional because, like, like the SAT was getting canceled because of the pandemic, and students right. didn't have access to the SAT, so they couldn't yeah. submit the score anyways. Um, but I think there is from there is a good group of people in college admissions who still believe that some kind of standard assessment is still helpful, and uh, and until they come up with one, we'll still consider the SAT or the ACT. So
0: yeah. yeah.
1: All right, let's talk a little personal statements. You can help my friend Maddie out here. (laughs) What what advice do you have on personal statement writing?
2: Yeah, I mean, here's the thing. I'll 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 be if you want to get like really honest, like it it depends on where you're applying to, right? So Uh if you're applying to um, if you're applying to a large public school like the UC system, um, where uh, and I just I was at like a national college counseling conference this last four or five days and. And I overheard an admissions director in the UC system say that that uh, it's a you know people are spending five to seven minutes reviewing your application. Um, but I also have well, we also have former UC admissions people in our in our team, and in most cases they're spending maybe two or three minutes on your application. <laughs> so think think about your essays sped read in two or three minutes. Scared. And this is not just yeah. your essays; this is the entire application. So, you gotta write in a certain way that lends itself to skimming, to speed reading. And then, but if you're applying to, um, you know, private schools where you're gonna get like a seven to eight minute read, uh, then you could, you can let have some flowery narrative and really tell your story. And so, uh, but before you even get into all that, just think about where you've grown the most and begin with, uh, what are the stories that really like demonstrate your growth, demonstrate who you are as a person. Uh, demonstrate what you might be like, your personality, your character, your leadership, as it might live out on campus. Because colleges are always thinking about, like, when they read your story, like, how is this going to show up when, on, when you're on campus? Like, mm-hmm. they're, they're always thinking about, like, a little bit of gatekeeping the student community. Mm-hmm. And so they don't want, you know, uh, they, they want to see somebody who's going to participate, who's going to get along with a lot of different people. And so, uh, so think about the stories that exemplify your growth. And how it might demonstrate the kind of person you might be on campus hmm mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
0: I guess how do you stand out in your writing then though, because if you're if the admissions counselors are speed reading, you have to be like succinct and concise, but you
1: have to say yeah something like too. there's
0: there's yeah, exactly there's a lot I feel like there's yeah. um less room to be creative, which is hard for me because that's my writing style. So how do you show individuality then?
2: So I would agree. Like, if we're having this conversation about the UC essays, Maddie, I'm going to give you uh, like a like a free coupon to like watch our UC uh, essay bootcamp. And so we literally tell you like how you need to structure your UC essay so that it is it can be read quickly and it really kind of demonstrates your you know personal traits and your and your leadership and your achievements and those kind of things. Mm-hmm. So the UCs need to be need to be written a certain way, and any like kind of large public school system needs to be that way. But when it comes to, yeah, the private schools where they're going to give you more time and more space, um, really focusing on stories. And I think this is where, like, try not to, like, tell the entire (laughs) anthology of, like, one story over 10 years. Uh, Just try to focus in on perhaps the smallest moment and just expand on that moment, you know, beyond there. Yeah. And try not try not to try not to say everything, but if you can focus on a small thing, normally you can get out more details that are more interesting to the reader. Got it. So smaller moment, the better. Uh,
1: I I did notice there there are a few freebies on your website. You get some webinars and stuff. What what kind of free stuff can people get just on your website?
2: Yeah, we've been interviewing since the pandemic. We've been interviewing admission officers from around the United States. Uh, we've we've had Emory, Northeastern, Pomona College, uh, Boston University um a bunch a bunch of people. I'm likely I'm gonna I I just spoke with Johns Hopkins and Carnegie Mellon and we're gonna try to get them on our webinar as well. And um and then we also we're also doing webinars on like essay writing and like summer planning and all that kind of stuff. So you can go on to and just watch videos to your heart's content. (laughs) So (laughs) some of them I'm in, some of them I'm not um and just just have a good time. Uh, we have some. Uh, we have a downloadable ebook where we interview six admission officers on what they're looking for in college essays. So, Maddie, that's uh, you should go go to the website and download that and take a read. Definitely. And um, but uh, I think that's about it. There might be might be some other stuff.
1: Yeah, no, that I sounds like a lot, though. So, yeah, not too <laughs> late, Maddie. Get on that website, illumineducation.com. dot uh, mm-hmm. I'll put that in our show notes. Uh, one last, uh, two last things actually. College major, how important is it? To choose a major when you're 17 years old, you don't know what you're gonna be or what you're gonna do. Is it is it matter a lot what what major you put down?
2: All right, I'm gonna give you I'm gonna give you sort of both extremes on 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 that question, okay. right? So I feel like students, please please please, just begin with your curiosity. Like maybe students are, um, you know, have like ultra clarity on what they want to do. That's probably like 10% of students. Like 90% of students have like zero clarity on what they want to do. So don't don't feel like you need to know everybody else feels like they know like you might think everybody else knows but nobody knows nobody knows right so so just begin with your curiosity whether that be psychology or biology or history um i would begin there and then build on that and then integrate do i would say that my best advice for the next 10 years is that if you're going to be a humanities major like a history major then you should double major in computer science or statistics or data science and if you're a computer science major, you should double major in English or some other kind of humanities. Um, that's going to kind of prepare you for the job market in the future. Yeah. Um, I'll tell you the other extreme. Right now, there is an over-inundation of computer science applicants in every <laughs> school in the United States. Yeah, yeah. And every applicant pool is ballooning um, by anywhere between 3 to 5x in the last five years. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so if you're a computer science... Um, your admin rate is automatically gonna drop at most universities. At most top fifty universities. And so um unless you really lo- I mean, if going to the going to a particular school is important to you, then I might think about other majors.
1: Okay. All right. Uh and then last one on this topic is how many colleges should Maddie be applying to?
2: Hmm. Uh, it'd be it'd be awesome. You can just apply into Clive Davis and get admitted uh-huh. and just yeah. live your dream. Can I guess? For you.
0: Can I guess the number? Sure. Yeah.
2: Is yeah. What do so- you think?
0: Is it supposed to be nine to twelve? Because that's what I learned today in the college presentation. <laughs> but what do you think?
2: <laughs> uh, I think nine to twelve makes sense. I think um, I have students who, like our students, are probably applying anywhere between ten and fifteen, mm-hmm. and. My other thing with applying to a few more schools is because um, I'm really big on students not graduating with debt. And so if you apply to more safety schools, more of the safety schools, especially more of the safety private schools, are going to try to use money to attract you to come. And so Mm -hmm. if you can apply to more safety schools and then compare financial packages, um, and then you can leave school without debt, um, I would opt to go to the school that will give you more money. Um, and leave with no debt as opposed to going to the higher rank school where you will come out with tons of debt. And so uh, student loan debt is a, is, a, yeah. is a crisis right now in the yeah. United States. Yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah. I'm already planting the seed in my daughters. We drive by Skyline College all the time. And I'm like, doesn't that look <laughs> great? Don't you want to apply to Skyline or College of San Mateo? Beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> I'll buy you a car. You can drive yourself to San Mateo. <laughs>
2: I <laughs> no, it's still I did my... cheaper than going to USC. Absolutely.
0: I did my classes online yeah. at uh, San Mateo.
2: Yes, yeah, CSM. College
0: of San. Yeah, CSM. Yeah, yeah. So see, works out.
1: Definitely works out. Uh, all right, so just going on some side topics here. Um, what do you think of alternatives to four-year universities, like boot camps or like two-year programs?
2: Yeah, so I generally I generally like them because I think there's um, you need other options. I definitely feel like students who are um, I think there's definitely students who are better suited for trade school, and I, I don't know why that sounds like like I think for a lot of families that sounds like it's it's not a great option, but it's a great option for a lot of students. Lot, yeah. And there's a shortage of electricians um, and uh, and other trades where students can come out. And easily make maybe seventy to eighty k a year, um, you know, being like easily. a licensed electrician. Yeah. And you know, you start your own business, and you could be making way more than that. Yeah. So um, I think having all those options is better, um, but I I also feel like the students who do well in boot camps are normally the students who can finish four years of college. They
1: would have, yeah. So, sure.
2: yeah, you know what I'm saying. Yeah. yeah.
0: What are boot camps?
2: Yeah, so boot camp is normally, like, anywhere between, like, it could be, like, a, like a four-week to nine-month um, hyper-intense. No, the most common thing is, like, computer programming. So you uh-huh. finish up nine months, and then you learn, you know, like, one or two languages. And then those boot camps then pipeline out to, like, Google and other tech companies where they do quick hires. And, uh-huh. uh, and, uh, and then it allows students to kind of leave with little debt or, or no debt and be able to get into the job market very quickly, yeah. Yeah.
0: Is that, like, sustainable, though, or are you, like, susceptible to being, like, laid off?
2: I think once you... Especially, I, it fits really well for programming. It doesn't fit that well for, like, English. Yeah. <laughs> you know? yeah. Um, it fits really well for programming because once you get that job at, at Google, um, it doesn't matter. Once you get a job there, then you're able to leverage that to get the next job, and it's totally fine. And mm. there's no... There's not a huge liability for not having a four-year degree, um, but... um But yeah, it it works best for computer science. I see.
1: It's not what you know, it's what you can do, Yeah, (laughs) you know, for a lot of companies.
2: All right. And do
1: you have a thought on specialized schools like culinary school or art school? Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Loaded question. I do.
2: (laughs) I have lots lots of opinions that that might not be as popular, but I feel like culinary school is really expensive. It really is. Like really expensive. And um, I also have a sister-in-law who is one of the <laughs> executive chefs at Stanford <laughs> who's, who taught at culinary school in San Francisco. So, they're and great. <laughs> <laughs> she would also confess that it, it's super expensive. So, I think, yeah. like, um, sometimes it's, it's necessary. I think it's not a bad idea to, like, um, to get a four-year degree and then go to culinary school. Or,
1: or start working in the kitchen, right? Get, get some experience yeah. first. See if you like it. You know, and then, mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. that's the thing is that it's really expensive or like art school is really expensive, but they're not necessarily leading to high paying jobs. You know, it's not like medical school where you might have $200,000 in debt, but you're going to be a doctor versus yeah. if you go to art school and you have $200,000 in debt and, you know. I don't know what you're going to do necessarily.
2: Oh, I'll say this about art school because this is the infatuation podcast. Absolutely. and Asian families are are real like excited about art school. But <laughs> mm-hmm. like right now, one of the top five um, like market industries, like like hiring markets, is going to be UI UX designers. Right. So user interface, user experience, and like right now, I I'm I'm looking for UI UX designers as well, and I can't find anybody. Mm-hmm. And so. If you go to art school to do user interface design, you're going to get hired six months before you graduate. And so, uh, so if you look at, like, the applied arts, um, there could be lots of job opportunities for art school majors. And it just depends on what industry you're going into. So. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah.
1: Yeah. No, we've, we, I've had, I have a few friends who've left teaching to go into UI, UX.
0: I know, I know who you're talking about.
1: Yeah, the several. <laughs> <laughs> all right, man. Well, I think. Well, I don't know. Do we want? Do we want to talk about influencers and uh, social media people? Is that is that a viable career for a 17 year old to think about not going to college at all and just going straight into influencing? Oh man,
2: I, I okay. I will. I will tell you one of my students. Um, one of my students is uh, like now a huge social media right. like star, right? So her name uh, at Ashley Ashley Xu XU, and you you can search her online. Uh, but she does like um, like video editing, like video effects, and um, and she's basically like making a full time you know like yeah. full time career out of it, yeah, right? Yeah. So she's third year at Northwestern. Obviously, she's not you know she's a sharp cookie herself, right. but. Uh, but uh, no. I mean, come on. <laughs> go, to, go to school. Yeah. You, know, get,
1: get, you, you yeah. know where you can make a lot of money, Elton? Podcasting. <laughs> Podcasting. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Every, t- every 17-year-old should start their own podcast. That is the road to a golden oh, future, man. let me tell you.
2: Curtis, you've always been my role model. I'm on the cutting edge. I'm on the cutting edge. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. Someday,
1: man. someday. All right. Well, young man, you have survived the difficult questions. It is now time... Maddie, do you have the document open? No. Okay. <laughs> um,
0: I can do it really quickly.
1: Alright, I'm gonna stall. You have survived the difficult questions. It is now time
0: for my lightning round. First question is what would you tell a 17 year old Elton about college?
2: Um yeah, I would tell my 17 year old self to like meet as many people as possible. I would tell my 17 year old self to do study abroad. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I felt like I stuck around with too many of the same people that were like me, and I didn't hang out with enough people who were not like me. Mm-hmm. And so I would have um, – I think study abroad would have been awesome. Yeah, yeah,
1: I agree. Agreed, agreed.
0: Very cool. Okay, next question. What's the best class you took at Davis or a class that you wish Davis offered, which can be a complete fantasy if you wish?
2: Actually, I do have some classes that I remember. Like, I really liked – this class, this environmental law class, and I, I don't know why, but it was like I was so sick of engineering and doing math <laughs> and like like trying to support the weight of a truck going over a bridge. And I just like uh, it was refreshing just to like understand how the legal system work, worked as it relates to environmental conservation. And it sounds super lame, but but I found it like I really enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. And I really enjoyed a creative writing class that, you know, it was, it's kind of basic stuff, but, uh, but liked every, every class that wasn't engineering. Yeah. <laughs> you know, what? I, I wish yeah. I had
1: taken one of the winemaking classes at Davis. They have a really good wine program. Enology,
2: they call it. But, uh, yeah, that would have been fun. That is cool. My dad, my dad was a, uh, was a viticology master's student at Davis. That's right. That's right. Anheuser-Busch, right? <laughs> That's the only reason they sent me like the third letter after I got rejected <laughs> twice.
0: <laughs> okay, last question is, what's the best non-academic thing you learned in college?
2: Yeah, I think the best non-academic thing I learned was not to not to to stop looking at other people. Mm-hmm. I was on like I was goofing around too much my first year and like I had a, like a lot of fomo. And just wanted to do what everybody else was doing, yeah. and then I ended up on academic probation after my <laughs> second quarter. So I got three C's and a D in calculus, uh-huh, uh-huh. and they sent a letter home to my parents. And my mom cried. Oh no, when oh. she got the letter. <laughs> and I'm like, you need to like stop screwing around and looking at what everybody else is doing, and do your own thing. And I and yeah, yeah, I, I slowly figured that out over time. I went
1: the other way. I, I screwed around more in high school. And then when I got to college, I actually got serious. I was like, ignoring the, the going out and stuff and actually studied. So I went the other mm-hmm.
2: way. Good for you. I, you know, why didn't you take me under your wing? Curtis? I tried. I tried.
1: But you were just too busy hanging out <laughs> with
2: the cool kids. So. <laughs> I was having a good time. <laughs> uh, having a good time.
1: <laughs> and that's hard to do at Davis. You have to try really hard at Davis to find the party crowd.
2: I worked hard. I did. (laughs) That's true. I agree.
1: Maddie said that that was the last question but that was not the last question. I have two secret questions. Uh, All right, you have to eat one of these. Are you going stinky tofu or are you going durian?
2: Oh, stinky tofu for sure. It's fried in most cases (laughs) and it doesn't taste exactly like like it smells. Durian tastes exactly (laughs) like it smells. I mean if I wanted to insert a foot in my mouth.
0: (laughs) Chew on it.
1: That's what it is. Oh, man. All right. Last question. Can you make for me an all-time Warriors team, uh, all five positions based on any time period in history?
2: Mm. Andres Biedren, center. Yeah, right. Chris Gatling. That's obvious. Power, for- power forward. <laughs> oh man! Billy Owens at small four. <laughs> Um Jordan Poole at the two guard. JP, okay. And then... Mookie Blaylock at the point guard. Oh, little Mookie. <laughs> Maybe as a backup, Eric, Eric Sleepy Floyd. <laughs> I,
1: I like the way you didn't even have to think of it. You had those ready to go.
2: You had those. You had those bullets in the chamber. <laughs> hey man, Maddie's Maddie's as bored as we've can lost. Be right we've now. lost the no, not just yeah. Maddie. We've lost the entire
1: uh, audience altogether. Oh man. All right, well, the last question we do is a question where we ask our guests to choose someone from the Asian community uh, by picking an infatuation. Uh, an infatuation is anyone in the Asian community that you admire or were inspired by could be past or present. So
2: Elton Lynn, who is your infatuation? i mean if 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 I want to take infatuation as as the uh, as the term, I mean, my wife's not going to appreciate it, but come on, come on, come on, Gemma Chan for crying out loud! Gemma <laughs> Chan, <Yeah. laughs> she's not listening.
1: Okay, my, yeah. my wife's not listening. Yeah, so. that was that was just a joke, Sarah. That was just a joke. <laughs> All right. So what uh, what's on tap for you? You are just gonna you got senior season right now. You're kind of heavy heavy into the applications right now.
2: Yeah, heavy into the applications right now. I don't have personally as many students as, as the rest of our team, uh, but I definitely have some of my own students. I'm reading. I'm reading. Uh, mostly good essays, <laughs> <laughs> mostly. And um, I'm also uh, those of you. I'm also you know working working on that software platform, uh, applywithcomet.com. And um, Maddie, we are currently giving out free a free essay read on the platform. So if you sign up, uh, that's going to be there, but it's not going to be there forever.
1: Uh-huh. Good to so know. So go ahead
2: and sign up, and um, hopefully those might give you some good basic resources. But uh but Maddie, I'll send you the uh UC online boot camp video coupon. I appreciate free, it. And you can check it out.
1: Yeah, yeah. We, we could use all the help we can get, right, Maddie? Mm-hmm. Mm. <laughs> all right, everyone out there. So go check out Illumineducation.com and see the freebies there, but also uh they they'll do a free consultation with you as well so you can see kinda what they're about and what kind of services they offer. Uh thanks for coming along, Elton. It's been a been a fun chat. Thanks Curtis. Thanks Maddie. Good to good to hang out with you guys today. Yeah, thanks Elton. She calls me Mr. Chin, but you're Elton? Wow, first name basis. I know. (laughs) I know. Indeed, indeed.
0: What should I say? Mr. Lin? Mr. Lin and Mr. Chin.
1: Nice. All right, everyone. You know you can write to us 24 hours a day at infatuationpodcast at gmail.com. And you know you can follow us at The Infatuation Podcast on Instagram or Facebook. You know we'll put all these details in the show notes. So uh, I hope you're all enjoying the listen and you got a little information about applying to college. Maybe not for you, but maybe for... A nephew, a niece, a son or daughter, or someone you know, you can uh, you can get more college information from Elton's website. Um, until we speak to you again on behalf of Elton, Super Producer Madison, and myself, we hope that you're all happy, healthy, and safe out there. Thanks again for listening, and we'll talk to you soon. Bye. Bye. Bye.
2: But Maddie, is there anything anything I can help you with?
0: Um, well, what do you know about NYU? I know that it's ridiculously <laughs> expensive. It is my dream school, though.
2: Are you going to do music production?
0: Music technology. So, okay. I don't know. The reason why I like the Clive Davis Institute program is because it doesn't just set you up to be like a producer. It's like a more all-encompassing Thing so if you wanted to go into music business, that's also okay. Cause I feel like what I want to go into is a very risky thing because it's not traditional, you know. So I need as many options as I can get.
2: Yeah, I mean, uh, can you can you can you ED to Clyde Davis program?
0: Okay, well, I would absolutely love that, but the thing is, ninety m- k a year is absolutely not yeah. feasible. So definitely a dream mm. school, but on that note. Early decisions, do they actually play a big role because I know some schools have early action and those are like non-committal, right? But there's like early action and early decision, right? Yeah. So, if I did early action for like USC, would that help me?
2: Uh not not much for USC. So, uh so USC um probably eighty thousand applications and they're just basically like using early action to um funnel through the the, the um the, the pool more quickly. And so um but for other schools if you can apply early action um you should try. Use it as a way to help you get your get through your workload more quickly. And then uh does mm-hmm. early decision matter it does. unfortunately. So and uh because it's um it locks you in and the school can they count your lock space. You in. Yeah so yeah, yeah. yeah if you
0: can <laughs> afford it you're locked in lots of people can't so like we're all at a disadvantage like normal common people
2: yeah good old middle class yeah. love um. it yeah so it's true and so this is where it's like um use your like uh, when i was talking about earlier about applying more safeties so mm-hmm. like i think for for um Performing, performing artists, um, which includes, um, uh, music and film, uh, music production. I think you, um, you, sh- you should actually, as cliches as sounds, veer towards New York and LA. So you should be going towards New York and LA schools. And then yeah. the schools in between Syracuse, Drexel, um, strangely, you might want to take a look at University of Cincinnati. Um, uh, but there's a few of these schools in the middle that I, that have like huge network, huge resources. That like end up getting pipelined into, like, uh, let's just say you start doing music production for the opera. Like, you know, there's, you know, maybe that's not your dream, but Mm -hmm. that's a career, that's a job, right? Yeah. So, but you actually do want to, do want to go to New York and LA if you can. So, Chapman, Loyola, Marymount, they may not have the exact program, but you want to, you want to be in, be in those areas. So, so Fordham, um, you know, uh, other places where you could do that. So. Yeah. anyways that's we can get, we can start getting into it right. this is how you know i've yeah. been doing this for like a dozen years because a little we can bit start getting into it yeah
0: no that's actually yeah. really really helpful i guess yeah. i don't know tuition the is just so overwhelming to me i feel like it, it deters me from applying to a lot of schools or feeling like i have a shot at all to pursue my dreams because it's just insane
2: yeah what's your what's your gpa
0: <sighs> as of last year like the start of last year
2: what's your unweighted Alright, good. So you're going to get money to, like if you apply to Syracuse and Drexel, you're going to get money. You will for sure get money. You will get probably anywhere between like uh, 10k, um, maybe 10k to 20k. And then what you do is that if you apply to like like the Syracuse range schools, you get five or six financial merit packages back. You can start bargaining, (laughs) using them to bargain with each other. So I have a student who's a fashion major at Syracuse, and we got Syracuse to up their merit aid from 15K to 27K per year
1: because mm-hmm. we, co-
2: we compared it. We had Drexel and another, another school, like, we sent them the, the merit aid offers, yeah. and they matched it.
0: So how do you, like, how do you, how do, you do that? Who do you email?
2: Uh, no, you just, uh, because your grades are good, um, and, like, you're going to be, for Syracuse, you're probably in the top third of the applicant pool. So you are, uh, you are desirable for them. They need you to like, like balance out their stats. And so, yeah, yeah,
0: that's, I'll look into Syracuse because I actually DM'd somebody on TikTok who I know, like a female who does music, like audio work. And I was like, Hey, where did you study? Because I need options. And she said Syracuse because there's lots of mm-hmm. audio opportunities. So we'll definitely look into that. Yeah.
2: Yeah, so if you apply to more of those, you'll get more merited offers, and then you can at least compare.
0: Well, thanks, then.
2: But, Maddie, reach out if I can help you with anything. Okay. Okay, and uh, yeah, like, uh, keep it on.
0: Yeah, thank you. I appreciate it. And I'll keep you updated and let you know if I get into any good colleges.
2: you will get in. you'll get into plenty of colleges No, 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 no it's no. gonna
1: be you're gonna need elton to help you decide on which school to go to yeah
0: we'll see you never know i can look back at this in march right
1: yeah i'll say or yeah mm-hmm. i'll save this recording okay
2: <laughs> <laughs> all right Elton. All right, thanks so good. much thanks thanks everyone.